Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to God's Hour of Truth. I'm your host, Apostle, Prophet Evangelist Edward Everly. I'd like to welcome everybody here in the United States as well as around the world. Praise God for another week, and amen, and amen, and amen. Uh, our subject, which we began 
last or Tuesday, yesterday, a week ago, it was called God's Healing is for You. Uh, it's a series. In fact, uh, I believe tonight will be uh, the end of the series right here. It's a rather short series. I didn't know if it would be two or three weeks, but we'll most likely complete it tonight. And after we complete the series, we're going to have prayer. We're going to have a prayer of faith for everybody. So get yourself ready. Get ready because God wants to heal you and set you free in the name of Jesus. So you get ready tonight because we laid the groundwork last week. It was on uh, the promise. Healing is a covenant promise. That was part of what Jesus died for on the cross. He died for our sins, and he died that we become born again and we'd go to heaven instead of going to hell, saving our soul, salvation, soul salvation. But also there's benefits and promises that go with that. And healing is one of the promises. So we dealt with that last week. We dealt with the causes of sickness, different ways we receive our healing. And then we uh, finished up with why are not people healed? Why are not healed? Why are some people not healed? And I covered that basically, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit here as we start out. Now, if you didn't hear last week, go to the on-demand section on the website right there. It was on the site if you're on the computer listen to the program. If you go there, you can listen to last week's series because it was laying the foundation of some things there of what's going on as far as healing and how to receive it, different ways to be healed. So it was covering a lot of information. But this week we're going to get to the meat of the subject right here. We're going to really get into it, and then we're going to have the prayer of faith at the end. Uh, I had a testimony I want to give before we even get started tonight before we pray. Uh, I'm also on another program called God's Power. Uh, it's a healing miracle program. I'm on every Thursday. It's on, I'm on StreamYard with it. Uh, you can see it on Facebook right there. In fact, it's on my homepage. You'll see it if you go there tomorrow, where you'll be able to click on You'll be able to, to see it, even come on the line. Well, anyhow, last week, though, there was a situation that a baby was sick. So uh, we were praying, and, and then we got word that the baby died. So we didn't accept that. We just that just didn't register with us. There was there was four of us there really that were were there. There's three of us online. There's usually three of us, uh, two apostles and myself, and uh, sometimes uh, there's another uh, lady that was involved. It was offline right there. It was the one that was really there, seeing what was going on. And uh, anyhow, we didn't accept that. So we prayed again. We took authority over the the spirit of death and spoke life into that baby. And God raised that baby from the dead, raised that baby from the dead. We got the word back from them. It was at the hospital. And as soon as God raised the baby from the dead, they put the baby in the intensive care room. Now, this was on a Thursday. Uh, shortly afterwards, they put her in a regular room, or him in a regular room. And on Sunday, they discharged the baby. So from Thursday to Sunday, the baby's home. Baby went home Thursday, so God raised the baby from the dead last week, which is a powerful thing, and I just praise God for it. So I wanted to share that testimony because God is doing so many wonderful things today. He's, he's going over the, the things that uh, beyond what people have seen before, beyond many things that are increasing more and more, making them commonplace. So I wanted to share that powerful testimony with you. Now, tonight... Before we get started, we're going to look to the Lord in prayer. We're going to believe God to move tonight on our hearts. And, you know, you don't have to wait to the prayer of faith. The anointing of God is here. And we pray the anointing is going to come into this uh, line right here. It's going to come into the airways. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke, the power of God. 
So just be open for the Spirit of God to move upon you tonight. Uh, before we pray and during the prayer, but just be expecting whatever that need might be. If you have any friends or neighbors or anybody has a need, whatever it might be, get them online here to listen because I'm going to be believing for every one of you right here, okay? Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you and thank you, Father, for another week, another time to be online here, Father, to speak your word, to teach your word. Father, as we go forth tonight, first of all, I take authority over Satan, and I bind you and I command you out of here, out of every household, out of every listener, away from every listener. You will not interfere in the name of Jesus. I forbid it in the name of Jesus. You will have no effect on the minds of these people or no control over anybody tonight. I command you to release everyone now in the name of Jesus. And here's my voice. In the name of Jesus, you must be released. In the name of Jesus, receive that freedom right now. You are released. You are released in the name of Jesus by the power of God, by the power of God. Now, Father, I just ask that you would just give me the words to say that direct me what to do tonight, Father, as we uh, minister on this message here tonight. Give me the words to say what you want said, what you want done, Lord, because this is not my program, it's yours. And only you can do anything, Father. You tell me it's not by power, it might be by your spirit. And Zechariah 4, 6, and I realize that, Father. And I realize all good things are from you, Lord. You do all things. You're the author of all good things. Without you, we can do nothing. So, Father, I ask tonight that you would anoint me, anoint the hearers, and let your Holy Spirit reign on this line. Let your Holy Spirit reign and flow on this line right now, Father, ministering to the hearers, each one of us, Father. And for everything that happens and accomplished, we give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And they all said, amen and amen and amen. Okay. Why are not people healed sometimes? Well, I, there's a lot of things to say about it. I, I could spend the whole night on this, and I'm just going to cover a couple things. But the Bible tells us in, in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord doesn't hear me. So if I have sin in my heart, if I have unforgiveness, if I'm uh, disobedient to God in some way, it's displeasing to him, uh, that will block my prayers. Also, he says in uh, John 9:31 that God heareth not the prayer of a sinner, but he that worship him and does his will. In other words, he hears people that have a right heart. It isn't uh, doesn't have a, a a wrong attitude, have hatred, have unforgiveness, or even a husband and wife relationship. If a husband's fighting with his wife or wife the husband, there that'll mess up their prayer life. That will do it. So you see, we need to have a free heart and clear heart. And, you know, I have a psalm that I like to, to pray in the mornings before I start today, Psalms 5110. Uh, it tells us, to create me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Lord, give me a clean heart and give me a right spirit within me now. I pray that. You pray that prayer, too. Let's just pray that prayer. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me right now, Father, and forgive me for anything that I've said and done and Lord, I want to correct anything in my life that needs corrected. I want to be right with you. I want to have a pure heart before you that you are able to bless me and use me and, and I'm, I can have a close, intimate relationship with you, Father. I desire this. So, Father, forgive me and cleanse me and give me a pure heart now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Okay. So the biggest thing are that, is that area. But then also there's people after they uh, exercise faith uh, for healing or something, they speak negative words. Uh, they're prayed for, they pray, and then they say, well, I hope I'm healed. Oh, I don't feel it. Oh, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. No, you have to come to the place. And I'm not going to really explain what I'm talking about here. You'll learn this at the, uh, toward the end of the message tonight. But by our words, the Bible says we are snared by our words. It says in Proverbs 18:21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we can literally talk ourselves into it or talk ourselves out of it when it comes to God. Because God's word, we speak the word of God, the angels will move and start moving. The power of God will move. But if we speak negative words, that opens the door for Satan to move, and he can move upon us because he hears what we're saying. You see. The devil can't read our mind, but he hears our words. And he sees our actions, and he goes by that to trip us up in various areas there. So we have to be careful what we say, and our words are positive. They're, they're God words. They aren't negative words. So that's just a few of the things right there. But I'm not going to dwell on this right now. I want to get to some other areas. Now, the Bible tells us in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay? The curse of the law, what's that? Well, that's simply that we don't have to pay the penalty of the law. You say the law has been broken. We don't pay the penalty. Jesus paid that penalty because it says for cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that hangeth on a tree. So he hung on the tree. He hung upon the cross. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse. I don't have to pay the price of the curse, the curse of, of the law that would come against me, that I have to pay the penalty and suffer these consequences, this, this things of sickness and disease and, and things that we're talking about here, things that destroy us, you say, I don't have to pay that penalty. Jesus bore that for me. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to suffer these things. Okay? Now, curses, there's three types of curses. One is a generational curse. That's something you can't help. You can't help your heritage, your family, uh, your great-grandfather, great-grandmother, grandmother, father, grandmother, whatever. They are your heritage, okay? Now, if they committed things, that curse can be upon you. Just like uh, when you go to a doctor's and you have a physical, we'll say, they'll, they'll ask you questions. Did your grandmother ever have uh, heart problems? Did your mother, did your father, did your family line? Has there been any cancer in that? Has there been any heart disease in that? Has there been anything in it? And they ask you that because family line, right? Well, spiritually it works the same way because it's just like, uh, a person that grandfather might have been an alcoholic. Dad was an alcoholic. Now the son's an alcoholic. That's like granddaddy, father, and then the son. They're all alcoholics. Well, see, that's just like a cancer or a disease that they suffered down the family tree that all of them seem to suffer from. That's a curse. That's a curse. And you cannot help that, that your grandparents had that or did that or whatever. But we've been redeemed from it, and you can get delivered from it. You do not have to pay the price of that curse. That's one of the curses. Uh, the second curse is uh, direct attack by Satan, like the little woman that was bent over for 18 years. And Jesus saw her, and he asked, uh, why is this woman bent over? Isn't she under the covenant of Abraham? And, of course, he set her free. So you see, that's a curse. The enemy attacks you, and it causes disease on you, you see, whatever it might be. Okay, the other one is something that you and I, 
can get ourselves into and bring it upon ourselves. It's like if we start dabbling in uh, the occult, if we start dabbling in sorcery, if we start dabbling in uh, people that are psychics or any of this type of thing, then that gives the devil the right to come into our lives. See, he has no right to come into my life, but if I get into his area with psychics and all these type of things and, and witchcraft and fortune telling and things like that, he has the right to come into my life, you see. So these are three ways that we can bring things against us. We're opening the door to Satan up. Now, in a generational curse, they can be broken off of you. In fact, I've had it broken off me. I've broken them off of people. Curses that it can't have any effect on me, whether it's a physical sickness and disease in my family or whether it's a, a sin that they've committed or whatever. In uh, fact, my, my wife has a paper we've given to multitudes of people we use uh, in, in prayer. And I'm not going to go over that tonight, but we use that right there. And we've broken many, many, many times curses off of people and off our own lives. That needs to be broken. And how you really tell it without getting into it too deeply right now is for something in your life that you just can't seem to shake. You prayed, you fasted, you cried, you've cried out to God, and you just can't seem to break it. Sometimes that could be a curse that needs broken off of you, you see. Uh, things that we can't seem to, to shake in our lives. And sometimes we want to call it well, a curse, but it's just a matter of us not being willing to give something up, whether it's drinking, smoking, or, or what have you, you see. But there's many avenues that can take it. could be alcoholism, or it could be a womanizer, it could be a rapist, it could be anything in a negative, you see. But we have a different DNA when we're in Jesus Christ. But sometimes we have to take authority over that thing to get it intact, you see. When we're born again, we're forgiven of everything, but then sometimes there's things in our life will crop up from the past sometimes, and we have to deal with them, and that's what we're talking about right now, that nothing should have us bound in any area. So we're redeemed from any curse. We have a different DNA. No matter if our family died, every one of them died before they were 50, hey, I have a different DNA. You don't have to say, well, if my family died, I'm going to die, or they were this or they were that. Hey, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, old things pass away, all things become new. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. I I'm not under the bondage of how I have to do what mom and dad did, grandma and granddad did, or what they had, you see, in a negative sense, you see. In a positive sense, definitely, we want to be like that. We have a good heritage, but we do not have to take the bad, you see, because we've been redeemed from that. Jesus redeemed us from that. Okay? So we know Satan has no right, sickness, disease has no right on us in any way, shape, or form. He says, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all, all, all things. He says in Psalms 107:20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Things are out to destroy your health, your life, to ruin you, and bad habits, bad ideas, bad thoughts, and the negative things that are, will drive you down. He sent Jesus and his word to deliver us from these things and protect us and to heal us, you see. We have to recognize that and desire that and just believe him and trust his power to set us free. And that's what we're doing tonight. Okay, what, what moves the hand of God? What moves the hand of God? You'll say, well, all oh, this sounds good, uh, my brother, but uh, this, what really moves his hand that he's going to do this for me? Okay, I'm glad you asked. First of all, we need to have that pure heart, as we said at the onset here. 
the scripture in Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Okay, stop right there. Whose heart is perfect towards him. He's looking for men and women who have a pure heart towards him. And he said he wants to show himself strong in their behalf. So the key is that we have a right heart. We're committed to God. These things and the promises of God are not for people that are just playing games and don't mean business. They just want to run in for a fast fix, you see. We're talking about a lifestyle living for Jesus. Because when you, when you live for Jesus Christ, these things will flow in your life. If you simply believe his word, and you will have that peace. You will have the things that the word of God says if you believe him. But we must please him first by having that pure heart towards him, you say. When we do that, then God blesses us. And we're going to see some more things as we get down the line here about this. Okay, 1 John 3, 20 through 22. 1 John 3, 20, 3, 21, 3, 22. I'm going to read those three. For if, the Lord, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if your heart condemns us not, we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Let me read that again. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. Okay, if I have a pure heart, I have confidence towards God. But if I'm doing wrong and I just know in my heart that I'm just not right, it's pretty hard to have confidence or faith in God because we say, hey, there's, there's something wrong here. I've got to get this right, you say. You don't have peace about it. You're not really ex- able to exercise faith. And that's the barometer of this thing. If you know you're right in your heart, and that's why we, we have to examine our hearts, say, is my heart right towards you, Lord? And make sure we don't have any unforgiveness or any ill will towards anybody or anything that we're doing wrong. Just make sure we have things right. Now, I examine myself like that. Then I ask the Holy Spirit to show me things that for something I don't see, you see. Because there's things that you and I can see ourselves, but then the Holy Spirit goes within us. And sometimes there's things that come out of me that, hey, I didn't know that. Lord, forgive me for that. You see, because you don't know everything. That's why the Holy Ghost does an examination. You do a self-exam like Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, and then let the Holy Spirit examine. Okay? Now, if I my heart is right, I can have confidence towards God. He says, come boldly before the throne in Hebrews 4, 16. I can come boldly to him because, hey, I'm right before him. I don't have to hide. I don't have to be afraid because, hey, Lord, I'm right before you. I love you. I'm coming to you boldly because I know you're, you're going to answer my prayers. And then he says, and that, that verse, he says, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Wow. That's pretty, pretty good, isn't it? Whatever we ask, according to his word right there. Now, what is his word? The Bible. God's word. The Bible. His will. His word is the Bible. The word of God. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because why? We are being him, keeping his commandments, and do what is pleasing to him in his sight, you see. We're living for him. We've given our life to him. We've given our life over to the Lord. So since we're living for him and we're pleasing him, he's taking care of us. Amen? You see, this is a two-way street, folks. A lot of times you don't hear uh, things taught like I'm teaching right now. A lot of times it's just go right into the the meat of the subject, but I'm naming some things here that hinders people a lot of times 
and they're receiving from God. But when you have these things in order, it has to work. It's not if or I hope it works or maybe it will. It will work. We don't want anything stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't want anything stopping God's flow in my life. I don't want anything hindering me at all. I want that sweet, precious Holy Spirit flowing in my life and giving me peace and comfort and strength and anointing me to be not only blessed myself, but be a blessing and a help to others, you see. And that's what we all need to desire in our hearts. Now, now we have that issue behind us right there. The next thing is where the march begins. We have a pure heart, okay? We're right before God. The next thing is faith, right? Okay, in faith, how do we believe for things? What do we do? Where where does the power come from? What what do we hook onto? What do we really have to, what button do we have to push that that God is going to move, we say? Okay, Acts 3.16. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know ye, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. That was Peter and the apostles when they prayed for the lame man. He got healed. He was able to walk. He was lame since birth. And they wanted to give uh, Peter and the apostles the credit, and they said, no, 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 no. Peter said, in his name, through faith, in the name of Jesus, through faith, in his name, made this man whole. So you're seeing Jesus, and in his name and faith in his name, I call this man whole. That's what they did. Jesus, I see you, Jesus, and in your name and your and faith in you as my Lord and Savior, I call this man free. He's healed in the name of Jesus. We're seeing Jesus and using that name because Jesus said, anything you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it. I'll do it, whether it's healing or whether it's providing something for you or whatever it is. So you see, he said, I'll do it. But don't have faith in your faith. That's where many people get messed up, by faith in their faith. Because did you ever hear anybody say, well, hey, I, I wish I could uh, cast out a devil. I wish I could pray for the sick and they heal all oh, my. I don't have that kind of faith. You, you know what? They're not, they don't have any faith. You know why? Because they're looking at their faith. They're looking to have faith in their faith. And if I look to have faith in my faith, it won't be above my ceiling here right now if I had faith in my faith because that won't get the job done. But when I pray for somebody, when I'm praying for myself or I pray, I'm looking at Jesus, him alone, and, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I call this thing done. In the name of Jesus, because I see Jesus, God. Jesus is God. I see him, and in his name I declare done. I'm not looking at my ability, my strength, my wisdom, my shortness, my failures, my successes. I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at his name. And when I look at his name, I'm putting him on the scene. When I put him on the scene, Jesus never fails, does he? Amen? If we have our act together, like we're supposed to, a right heart, and we speak the word, it happens. You know, it isn't, when things don't happen, it's never the Lord's fault. Some people blame the Lord because things don't happen. They say, well, because of the Lord, the Lord didn't do this, so-and-so died, or this person never got well, or whatever. But never, never God's fault. It's us. We're the ones that miss it. God doesn't miss things, you see. God's perfect, so it's never God's fault. The problem is always in you and I. Amen? And I'm trying to solve a few problems here tonight 
with all of us, that we can go to the Lord and receive of God. This should be a norm, you see. This isn't a medal of honor or great spiritual general type thing. This is simply the way you and I are supposed to live our lives. Amen? Live our lives this way and be a blessing and help others live their lives, right? All right. Okay, well, how do we come to this place? How do we come to this place? Well, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, right? But you know something else? Let's reverse that. And I don't like to say this, but fear comes by hearing and hearing and listening to the word of Satan. When Satan whispers junk in your ear, that will bring fear to you. When God whispers his word and you see his word, that builds your faith up, doesn't it? When I speak the word of God, I feel faith rising up. It rises up because faith lifts you up. Fear puts you down. Up with faith, down with fear, because faith will take you down, down to hell. Amen? So you see, faith takes you up and gets the results, good results. Fear will take you down. So you see, these are two truths. Uh, it doesn't just work for uh, the good things. It works for the negative things. Because remember I said in Proverbs 18:21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We can be speaking life or we can be speaking death, speaking fear. Oh, I'm worried about this. This isn't going to happen. Oh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to get sick. Oh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, I'm going to lose my home. You see, when you talk these things, you're speaking fear. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Gradually, you begin to think these things. You begin to act them out. And you know what happens? It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That means you become it. You actually become it, and, and you inherit these bad things, you see. So that's why we have to stay in the word and faith and in the word of God. So we said, first of all, uh, what we were to do to begin with, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, right? Now, the second thing, and this, this is this is actually taking up the line, steady to show yourself approved, it tells you in 2 Timothy 2.15, right? We have to study. We have to get in there because, you know, uh, it's our body, our mind is like a computer. We're to renew our mind, right? And you've got to put something into your computer at the house that you have. You've got to put something in your mind, the, uh, the computer, you see, which is God's word. It doesn't just get in there. You've got to put it in there. So you study the word to show yourself approved, right? And divide in the word of truth. You study it. Medit- then the second thing you do after you study it, meditate on the word. Joshua 1 Eight tells us, it says, meditate on the word day and night. Then you will make yourself successful and have victory in your life. In other words, you will make yourself successful. God won't make you successful studying the word and meditating the word. But he said, meditate upon the word day and night, and thou shalt make thy way successful. In other words, it will happen because that's the law of God. When you obey the law of God, God doesn't have to do it. It's already done because you follow his instructions and his instructions automatically lead to what it says it's going to do. In other words, God's word accomplishes what it says it will do. He actually does what he says. Amen? God's word means what it says and says what it means. So if you meditate on it, you are going to have a successful life. If you don't, you're not going to have a successful life. Now, the one I just quoted is you think you are, so you are. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when you meditate the word of God, study and meditate and pray, you're going to think.
think the right thoughts, you see, because you, you'll be filled with God's word. You'll be filled with his thoughts, what his word says. And when things come at you, you won't be looking at the negative thing and say, oh, my, I'm sick, I guess I'm going to have to do this or I'm going to have to do that. No, you're going to be thinking healing what the word of God says, and you have authority over the thing that has no hold on you. By his strength, I've already been healed 2,000 years ago in the name of Jesus. He heals all my diseases. He delivers all, all the afflictions, be out of all my afflictions, you see. He does all these things. That's what will hit you, you see. In other words, you're going to retaliate by God's word, you see. Isn't God's word in the full armor? Doesn't the armor to use the shield of faith? Faith in the word, right? What's a shield do? A shield blocks off the darts, the fire darts of the devil, doesn't it? The fiery darts of sickness, the fiery darts of poverty, of lack, of fear, those darts hit your shield, don't they? But the shield of faith, faith in what? Faith in the word of God blocks the darts that the devil brings into you. That's simple, isn't it? Something to think about. And you ever notice with a, a, a shield, that shield is a movable thing. It, you can have it in front of your face. You can have it down to your side. Uh, you can have it uh, uh, in uh, the air. It can be down to your legs. Because you're attacked different ways. We're attacked different ways by the devil. One, one time it might be finances physically, might be a family problem or family challenge or whatever it might be. But that's why it's movable because we have to use our faith in many different areas of life, don't we? Many challenges that we face. So you see, that's the shield of faith. Now, the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. So we block the fire darts of the devil by the sword of the spirit, right? I mean, yeah, the shield of faith, rather. But we use the sword of the Spirit as the word of God. And that word, we destroy the works of the devil that come at us. And these fiery darts that come at us to destroy us, the sickness, the disease, and everything. We use the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, to chop sickness, disease, poverty, lack, fear, whatever it might be, by the word of God. Block it with the shield, the sword, which is the word Destroy it. The word destroys. It always overcomes what the attack is or what the challenge is that comes against it because it's the antidote. God knew that you and I were going to face challenges in this life. That's why he gave us many, many, many promises in there. Now, these promises counteract them all the time. They are counteract. We block them. You know, we're not to be sick. We're not to be fearful. We're to have peace, joy. Uh, we are to walk and live in the joy of the Lord. Uh, no worry, no fear. Every area, we're to have a good life. We really are. He said, "He said I've come that you would have a good life or life and have it more abundantly." John ten ten. He wants us to have life to have it more abundantly. The devil come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and you have it abundantly. Now that abundant life just doesn't happen. We have to fight the good fight of faith to walk in these things. You see. In other words, the kingdom of God suffers violence. These things, we suffer violence coming against us that we can't have these things in our life, but we take it by force. And how do we take it by force? By using the word of God and praising God and using his word against the things that try to stop you and I from being healthy, from having money, from having joy, having peace, uh, having comfort, uh, having peace of mind, you name it. Anything that you can think of that stops me or you from having these things is our enemy, and God has made the way by his word that we can have them and resist the devil, you see, by his word. There again, the shield and the sword. Block it, use a sword to chop it, and take what we are to have instead of sickness, have health, you see. Sickness attacks you, you block it with that shield. 
that sickness dart falls down. You take the shield, which is the word of God, by his stripes I'm healed, and I'm well. And that's it. I'm well now. You see, that's what it is. You're applying the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm going to read something to you right now. This, this to me, is the, I'm going to look, look at it. First John 5, 14 and 15. I, quote it, I can quote it to you, but uh, I'm not going to quote it to you. I'd rather read it to you because this, this to me, is one of the best Bibles verses right here for this. It really is. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. The most simple thing, this is the simplest way I know how to explain it to anybody here. I don't have any verse in the Bible that is any more simple and gives you any more understanding than this verse right here. This, this is so obvious and so plain. And you'll see when I read it to you. Many of you have heard it. Maybe some of you haven't. But here's what it says. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we have asked anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's stop there. This is the confidence. In other words, I'm fully assured that we have in the Lord that if I ask anything according to his will, what's his will? Well, his word's his will, right? If I ask anything according to his will, that's his word. He hears me. Now, is God hard of hearing? No, no. If I'm asking his word like I have a need physically, okay, I have a need in my body, we'll say, I'm asking to be healed, aren't I? I'm asking, which I just receive it, because I was healed 2,000 years ago in actuality. He said, by my strength you were healed in 1 Peter 2.24. So I'm receiving what he's already provided for me over 2,000 years ago. So I'm asking something according to his word and his will, right? And is the Lord deaf? No, he hears. So he heard me, right? So right there, I get, I have those needs right there. I have a right heart, and I have confidence in him because I'm asking him uh, to receive. I'm receiving my healing from him, and that's in his word. So I'm, I'm, I'm good on the 14th verse. Now let's see if I meet the 15th verse here. And if we know that he hears us, well, we know that he heard us, right? Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions desired of him. Okay, if I, it's just simple. If I ask anything according to God's word and will, he hears me. Okay, I ask according to his word and will. Okay, if he hears me, then I know that I have the petition I desired of him. So in other words, I, I don't hope I get this. I don't hope God's going to do this. I Oh, Lord, I like, oh, I hope I get this. I need this. I sure hope it works. No. Never, never, never. It says I got it. Now, here's, here's what you and I have to do. We have to accept that by faith. We have to say I receive it now. Like right now, I don't know exactly what time it is. It's 7-something uh, it's, uh, right now, I believe, okay? Now, whatever time it is right now, it's my time right here. Uh, if, when we pray, that very minute you receive it by faith, it might be, say, 8 o'clock, okay? You receive it. That's it. I received my healing at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, the 16th of June, okay? By faith, I received it. Maybe it'll manifest right away into a miracle. We see a lot of miracles. Maybe it won't. But he said in Mark 11:24, the things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. In other words, you've got it by faith. It began in the heavens when you released your faith. Heaven began. It began, Okay? But 
we have to stand and believe that and speak it out of our mouths. I thank you, Lord, I have it. I'm not going to get I have it now. I thank you. I have it, Lord. I have it, and I give you all the praise and glory. Okay, we do that on a Sunday. Monday rolls around. We don't feel quite as strong in faith. We're kind of challenged. Well, Lord, I thank you for it. Thank you for it. And I believe I have it. I believe I have it. Tuesday rolls around, and we start to really feel weak. Well, Lord, I think I have it. I hope, oh, Lord, do this for me. Now, oh, I feel terrible. Lord, do it for me. See, we're actually giving in. Whenever you feel like saying, do it, Lord, do it, Lord. I don't feel it. I hurt. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. You see, that's not faith. But faith will say, I thank you, Lord. I have got it. I have got it. I have got it. And a determined voice in your heart. When I even speak it right now, just speaking right now, I feel like determination coming out of my heart. I've got it, Lord. I've got it. I am healed. I have this, I, whatever. I've got it because I released my faith two days ago. And I've got it. And, you know, Daniel, remember the prayer of Daniel. It was a 21-day thing to the uh, time that the prayer was answered. But remember, uh, they told him, they told him, they said, that, hey, Daniel, we heard your prayer from the day you prayed it 21 days ago, but we were held back by the, the battle of the evil forces of, uh, against him in heaven there. There was evil forces they were attacked with, you see, of satanic forces. The angels were doing battle. And sometimes it's that way with you and I. But how we help the angels win the battle of it is by our praising and thanking God for it and standing in patience. The Bible says in James 1.4, <laughs> we're to let patience have a perfect work, and we will lack nothing if we leave patience have a perfect work. And there's something I like to add to patience, you know. Uh, that gives us everything, because you stand and face your heart right. You stand and face and believe that and confess that and accept the fact that God, no matter what you feel like, when you do that, it says you'll lack nothing. But if it's in for the long haul, say it takes a little bit longer, Simply just trust that it's done. Just in your heart that it's done because God cannot lie. But that's the kind of attitude you have to have to receive it. Hold on to it. Don't let the devil steal from you because where he says he, he wants it in John 10.10, 10, he said, I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. He said, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think of that very much because I've had it happen to me. You have too, and everybody has. The devil has stolen from you and I. He's stolen health. He's stolen money. He's stolen a lot of things from us. But we don't leave him steal no more. In fact, he must pay sevenfold back because we caught him. We caught him. We know who took these things from us, and he must return it back in the name of Jesus. But don't let him steal from you anymore. You hold on to what God promised you and he gave you. You know, in your regular life, you know, if you were given properly, say you had a family member give you a couple homes, and then you'd have them, if somebody would try to come in and steal them homes from it, it would be a fight going on, wouldn't it? People would fight when they try to or if somebody comes in your house and tries to take your goods out there, there's going to be a fight, right? Well, it should be. Well, that's the way we need to be spiritual. You see, whenever these things attack us spiritually, we need to be more aggressive spiritually because that's where our real battle is. We're not battling flesh and blood. We're, we're battling spiritual wickedness in high places, you see. So we need to be aggressive when it comes to the things of God against the devil, you see. We get to be aggressive with him, and you fight the battle of faith, you see. That's what it is. There's only one thing that we have to do in this life when it comes to faith. We just have to fight the battle of faith. You know what the battle of faith is? 
making the word of God a reality in your life. What God's word says, make it a reality in your life. And I'll promise you, you'll have a battle of, fight to, a battle of faith to fight because the enemy doesn't want the word of God becoming anything in your life, you see. That scares him because he knows that he has no chance against that. He's going to try to distract you or get you away from it or cause fear, worry, or cause you to give up, cause you to quit, discourage you. Anything he can do to get you off track because when you're on track, with the Lord, he can't touch you. But it's when we get out of the umbrella or out from under the umbrella, we can get hurt, you say. So remember that. Remember that uh, if whenever you're standing for something, watch your words. And remember, let patience have her perfect work, and you won't lack it. He, that's a promise. He said, you'll lack. That means we, we can get everything from God if we walk in patience for it. Watch our words and have a pure heart and simply receive it. A lot of people say, give me faith to believe something. It isn't faith that we need to believe. If we believe, we have faith, right? But where the faith community is faith to receive, to say, I've got it now, I've got it now, in spite of what we're feeling, it might look exactly the opposite. Because things don't always manifest right away. Some things are gradual. That's why Mark 11:24 is in there, the things you desire. When you pray, believe it, you receive them, and you shall have them. You shall. It doesn't say it will manifest today, tomorrow. I've seen diseases healed days later, weeks later, months later, <laughs> hours later. You name it. I've seen, I've seen a lot of things, a lot of miracles, a lot of miraculous things, a lot of powerful things. I've seen buildings shake God's so part of that. Get people out of comas, uh, save people that you wouldn't believe could, could ever be saved. I've, I've seen God work. I've seen God at work. I've seen a lot of things of God. But we haven't seen, and I haven't seen nothing to what God is going to be doing in this last roundup before Jesus returns. Before Jesus returns, we're going to see what we've never seen before. He said, and I use this scripture quite often in Habakkuk 1.5, he said, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you what's going to happen in your time now. If I even told you, you wouldn't believe me. It's going to be so great, you see, for the Christian if we're following Jesus. So we have to get this down. This is what I'm talking about here these past few minutes here, about meditating the word and knowing it and, and claiming it and holding fast and watching your word. That's where people lose it, folks. That is where people lose it. And we must hold fast there. That is, if we can hold fast there, what will happen will be we're going to get it. But if we don't hold fast there, it will be stolen. So we need to wise up. And don't allow him to do it because, hey, God can't lie. It's already done. And as you stand with that thing, he'll bring it to pass. Okay? Now, let's see a man right here. Now, this is, this is another good one that will encourage you right now. Uh, you'll say, well, will he do it for me? And this is what God is saying to every listener. This is what God is saying to every man, woman, boy, or girl. This is for everybody, okay? Bar none. He'll do what he does for one, he'll do for everybody, okay? Now watch this. Luke five twelve and Luke five thirteen. I'm going to read that one to you too. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, that was the leper. He, he talked to Jesus. He said, Lord, if you will, if you will do it, you can make me clean. I know you can do it, but will you do it for me if you will? And this is what really, this is what you need to listen to. This is what I need to listen to. 
Luke 5, 13. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, that's Jesus touching the leper, I will be thou clean. I will be thou clean. That's what God is speaking to you now. You have disease, sickness, whether it's cancer, uh, leprosy, uh, crippled, blindness, whatever your need is right now, I will be thou whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. And I would say in the name of Jesus. Jesus spoke, be thou clean. He didn't have to say in the name of Jesus. He was Jesus. But in the name of Jesus, he's saying that to you now. That's what he's saying to you. He's saying to every one of you, if you have a right heart before him, and he wants to show himself mighty to you, you see. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. So he said, I will be thou clean. That's his word. That's what he has to say about sickness for you right now. That's, that's the word. I will be thou clean when you take that problem to him. I will. That's my will. I do it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Not no or, or, well, if it's my will. Some people pray that kind of prayer, and that's not praying. That's ridiculous. If it be your will, he'll, no. You cannot possibly have faith if you don't know the will of God. If I don't know something is God's will, how in the world can I have faith in it? Because I don't know if it's his will or not. You can't have faith except knowing his will. Every time you pray for B's will is when you ask, should I go here, should I do this, or should I do that? But never when it comes to the promises, God, you never ask. It's as ridiculous as looking at a man or a woman there and saying, well, Lord, I'll witness to them. Is it your will for them to be saved? Well, you'd think that was ridiculous if I'd say that to somebody, wouldn't you? If I'd say that to you, many of you would say, what? What do you mean? He wants everybody saved. It's his will that all be saved, but none will perish. Hey, it's his will that all be healed. Why? There's many perishing. They didn't receive it. They didn't receive him. Why are many sick? They didn't receive something, didn't receive their healing. They didn't receive it by faith. You see, it's us that blew it, so to speak, right? Now, Hebrews 4.2. Believe it and receive it. For unto us was the gospel preached. That's us. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them to hurt it. That was speaking to the Jewish people back in the time of the apostles right there. The word of God was preached to them, but it didn't do them any good. It didn't profit. Nothing happened to them or nothing happened for them. Why? Because they didn't exercise faith. You know, it's like the woman had the issue of blood. Remember, Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? Well, what happened was, Many touched him. They said, the apostle said, well, look at all these people around him. Many touched you. He said, no. He said, my virtue went out of me. That anointing went out of him. That, that's where the touch was, you see. And that's the way it is with you and I, you see. We don't just pray a prayer or just say something. We have to receive that anointing, that anointing that he has. In other words, focus on him and his healing power. When you focus on him and his power, and you receive what he has for you, it's just you and him, you receive it, you see, you're invoking the anointing to come forth because you're putting it all to him, you see. It's not me, it's not anybody else, any other preacher, your pastor. Forget about everybody except Jesus, you see. This is not about, nothing's about anybody except him. There's just too much foolishness going on today with people, these ministers and ministries and everything, a lot of foolishness. But look at Jesus, you see. 
He's the one to be glorified and honored. We're not glorified and honored any church, any ministry, any pro- program, or anybody else. I, I despise that. I despise that. I hear it a lot of people saying it, and I literally despise it because that's glorifying people instead of giving God the glory. But he gets all the glory. But when you have that attitude of glorifying God that he does it, and you have this attitude towards faith, what happens is that's where he steps in, you see, because you're opening the door for him to come in. You're not having yourself in there. When you have self in there, he said, whoops, whoops, I don't fit. He said, you can't be at all in there. He said, there's going to be none of you and all of me. Some people say less of me and more of him. I don't say less of me and more of him. I say all of him and none of me because I can have less of me in there and more of him. <laughs> it's still not going to work because what, what can it work in me? It has to be all of him because if he doesn't do it, it won't happen, right? And if there's a little bit of him in there, a little bit of me, it won't be accomplished because what can I do to do? Nothing. So it must be all of him and none of me. Okay? Now, how do we approach God on things? And this is something a lot of people would say, wow, you do it this way? Well, he says we're to come boldly before the throne. We don't come tiptoeing up there saying, well, Lord, I know I'm not worthy of this. You're almighty God, but I'm not worthy of what I'm coming for. But, oh, I'm just so humble. So, Lord, I ask you to do this. God doesn't want to hear that foolishness. You know, if you go before God like that, you probably won't get your prayer answered. You know why? Because if you were God, and this is—I hate to even say it this way—but if you were God, and somebody, and you paid a supreme price for everything, and it was there for the taking by them, and they would come up to you and just kind of sniffling and boohooing and all, oh, I'm not worthy. You say, "Wait a minute! I've made you worthy too, my son. I paid the price that's yours. I made a buffet for you to do that. Now you take a hold of that right now. You said it's yours. Come on, take it. It's yours." That's what you would say to him. But you'd be a little bit mad, wouldn't you? I would. I'd be a little bit provoked because you prepared for me. You sacrificed. You literally bankrupted heaven. And they're coming up there and saying, oh, I'm not worthy of it. Oh, everything you did on that cross and everything you did in heaven for them, they're trying to fake humility. And that's not but phony faking. That's all that is. That's not reality. That's just playing a game right there. They don't mean that. But the thing is, God doesn't want that approach. He wants you to come boldly and thank you, Lord, because you're showing, hey, God, I know you paid the price. I know your power is real. I know you did it for me, and I'm receiving what you did for me, and I'm thanking you for it, Lord. He wants to hear that because he wants to be thanked and praised for what he did. He wants to be recognized for it. He wants to be honored, and he wants to be glorified for it. Amen? So he wants you and me to be bold. Now, there's another scripture here a lot of people get messed up with, and you know, Matthew 7, 7, watch this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. You know what they think about that? Lord, I'm asking you, will you do this for me? Will you do that? Will you do that? That is not what that scripture actually means. If you look in the Hebrew, if you go back to the manuscripts of where it is, not the uh King James Bible or anything. I'm talking about the real thing. When you go back to manuscripts, the Hebrew and things like that. You know what that word ask means? Demand. You demand it. Now you'll say to me, you'll say, uh-oh. Listen, that guy's demanding to God. No. You're not demanding God. You're demanding it that the devil can't take it from you, you see. 
God knows that you're demanding that because he paid for it for you, but you're demanding that, saying really to the devil, I demand that, and you, I forbid you to stop that in the name of Jesus because I'm not going to leave you, devil, take my blessings and my promises away from me. You're fighting in with that. You're not demanding God and beating up on God and doing things like that and being disrespectful. That is not being disrespectful. You're just showing God you believe. You believe what he did, and you are just telling the devil, you're saying, hey, you're not taking nothing from me. I ask, and I believe I put the demand because it's mine. My father paid for it. My son, my Savior, Jesus Christ, paid the price for it. And that way, you are not going to stop me from getting it. That's what it is. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Not going to be open unto you. But that's how sure it is, you see. You need to be sure. You need to have a fighting spirit in your your heart. You need to be a fighter. Doesn't the Bible speak of being a soldier? Doesn't it speak of being a good soldier and doing battle? Why do you think they talk about the armor? Doesn't a soldier wear armor? Well, somebody's wearing armor, and I, I believe they're a soldier. And if they have a if they have a sword and they have a, a shield up there like we talked about when they put on the full armor, I think they're a fighter, aren't they? David was a fighter, wasn't he? Okay. Now, last but not least right here, and this is, this is the, the crux right here. Speak the word. Declare death and life are in the power of the tongue. Speak it. You declare it because here's where we, we really miss it if we're not careful. How did God create the world? He spoke it into existence, didn't he? He didn't just have faith in, in uh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. No, he spoke it into existence, right? There's a creative force in your words, either good or bad, death and life are the power of the tongue. Speak the word. In fact, reading the word and praying is really declaring the word of God. That's what real prayer is. It isn't saying, oh, Lord, do, oh, Lord. No, it's declaring just like, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. You paid for all my sickness and disease. You're quoting scripture back to him, declaring it over yourself or your friend or your family. You're declaring the Bible, God's word, over these people in the name of Jesus. That's what real prayer is. All the others is a bunch of foolishness. You're wasting your time. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, take this away from us. Many people are, are that naive yet in the church world. Probably some pastors. No, God don't want to hear that stuff. He wants to hear men and women and boys and girls come to him and say, Lord, your word tells me this. Now, I believe this because you, Jesus paid for this for me. And he said, if I come to you in his name, it's done. He said, you will do it for me. I believe you. I thank you. And I have it because you cannot lie. You're God. And you know the, the promises and other things. Yes, thank you, Lord. The promises of God are yes and amen. Did you know that? All The Bible tells you that all the promises of God are yes and amen. That means yes and so be it. So God looks at you. He looks at me. And I go to the Lord for some yes and so be it. Now, do I believe that? If I don't believe it, I'm in trouble, you see. That's where we get ourselves in trouble. I say, yes, Lord, I believe it. I receive it, God. I walk in. Thank you for it. And go on my way. Crazy. Okay. Praise and thank him. Stand fast. And you know another word that you probably don't hear a lot, but there's a lot being more familiar now. Your expectation is God's invitation. Your expectation, you're showing, 
showing him that, hey, I believe you're for real, Jesus. I believe your word's true. I believe you do all these things. You do them for me. I believe you can use me to do things to other people. You can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, minister to them. You've given me that power. Because he says in John 14, 12, the things I do, so shall you do even greater things. So he's enabled you and I to operate the way he did. And it's through the fruit of the Spirit, which is our personality, our character, in Galatians 5, 22, 23, and 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or everything that Jesus did. Jesus did everything through the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. The only thing he did that we couldn't do, it would have no meaning, of course, is dying on the cross and, cross and shedding his blood. We realized that this is holy blood. We couldn't do that. But you can't name one thing that Jesus did on this earth here that the gift of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit doesn't cover it. Because why would he tell me in John 14, 12, why would he uh, tell you the things that I uh, do, you can do, even greater things? Why would he say I can do it? Because if he did it in his God power, how could I do it? So he's given us the ability. But it's time that you and I start to believe what it says and start to act on it, you see. Act on it, because if you act on it, that'll activate your actions activate. Your, hey, that's hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Never said some of these things before, but your actions is what activates the Word of God. Your action on the Word of God activates His power. Your action in His Word activates the power. Amen? Your action. Without action, no power. Because it's in the action and the doing that the anointing comes forth. You know that? Do you know that? A lot of people say, oh, Lord, give me that anointing. Give me that anointing. I have found in my life the anointing's there when I need it. I don't have pre-anointing. Oh, I feel that way sometimes, but I really believe in truth it's there when it's needed, you see. It's there when it's needed. But you have to do something because all this is for us and our servitude towards the Lord and our living our lives. He wants to show himself that way. So God wants you well. Now, everybody that's sick tonight, are you ready to receive your healing? Are you ready to receive your healing? Whatever it might be. When I pray, when I pray, I'm going to get the devil out of it. The devil out of it completely. Break his power. Make sure you have a right heart. In fact, we're going to give a, a little short time here for you to prepare your heart a little bit. Prepare your hearts and prepare yourself. I'll give you this a short time here. And, and then we're going to go to prayer. We're going to take the authority over the devil. Then from there, we're going to speak the release of you from those things. And, and God's going to set you free. But I want you, when we do this, <clears throat> when I say now, when I'm praying, I, I, point I'll say now I'm going to release my faith and anointing. And you receive it then. Just lift your hands and thank God for it and consider it it's your time, no matter what you feel, whether you are miraculously healed or whether you feel nothing. Accept it. Accept it as a done deal. Now, right now, I'm looking at my watch, and it says 8.02. So I'm going to pray that prayer. I don't know what time it is, where you're at. But anyhow, this is your time. You set this as your time. Make up your mind that this is your time, and God will do it. What I shared with you tonight will get you healed if you simply act upon it. Amen? Okay, I'm going to give you just a short time right here to get your heart right as I examine myself here and prepare myself a little bit. 
and then we're gonna we're gonna pray the prayer of faith. And if there's anybody else that you want to get in the room wherever you're at, you get them there because they need to to receive their healing also. So I'm giving you a few seconds for that too. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I give myself to you completely, Father. Forgive me of anything that's clean or anything that's wrong, Father. I will make the changes as you direct me, Lord, in any way. I commit myself to you wholly to be used to you right now, Father, to get people healed, delivered, and set free and on fire for you, Father. That anointing. Let your anointing fill this line right now. Let your anointing now and on the on-demand section when they listen to this, 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 uh, Audio, the anointing will be there also, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's given the power now. Yes, he spoke of giving the power. He said, I give you power to get wealth. He just said that to me. That must be a word for somebody here. I give you power to get wealth. I give you power. Yes, he's given us power to get health and wealth. Oh, yes, yes, Lord. Thank you for this audience tonight, Father. I thank you for the people listening here and those that will be listening uh, on the on-demand section days or maybe weeks or hours after it's recorded, Father. I think we did the on-demand section here at Reaching Out Radio International. And right now, in the name of Jesus, everybody that's listening to this right now, Satan, I break your power and I command you to loosen every listener right now in the name of Jesus. I command you, I bind you, I cast you out, I break all curses, I reverse all curses, all activity, all witchcraft, all fear, all forces have come against these people, negative, yes, negative thoughts, yes, corrupted minds, yeah, interference. I take authority over all forces of darkness that would try to hinder this move that my Heavenly Father is going to do right now. Satan, you have no right whatsoever. I completely cast you out completely in the name of Jesus Christ, and you have no authority, no right, so you must go. You're gone in the name of Jesus. You are gone in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that Satan is gone. The power of Satan is broken. All resistance is, is, is off. It will not hinder the minds of these people that they have free, clear, thinking minds. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but power and give you love and to give you a sound mind. I speak sound minds to this audience right now receiving the word of the Lord. Yes, yes, raise your hands now. Raise your hands now. Just thank God for your healing. Yes, thank, just thank God for your healing. Just raise your hand. Just wave your hands and just thank him for your healing. I don't know why he's doing it this way. This is the way I was going to do it, but this is God's thing. It's what he's saying to just raise, Just start praising him and thanking him for your healing. That's what he wants. Just thank him for your healing right now. Thank him. Just thank him and praise him for your healing. Thank him for your healing right now. Just thank him. Cool shot at Yes, yes. 
I thank you for the anointing, the anointing right now. I thank you for that anointing that's going into these people now as they're raising their hands and praising you and thanking them, thanking you for their healing, setting them free. Who shall diabetes? Yes, I curse diabetes. I command it to leave, to go now in the name of Jesus. Diabetes. I curse all fear, all fear. I cast the spirit of fear out. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror, brother and sister. You are more than a conqueror. Know, know this, saith the Lord. You are more than a conqueror. In me, you are made perfect. Oh, your strength is, but yeah, my strength is made perfect in you. You are strong, saith the Lord. You are strong. You are well. Who shed it to you are healed. You are who yada kabati kada kamate kada kabashati ho lakabapa. Oh, it's not for power might but by my spirit. <laughs> yes, yes, I release I release your Holy Spirit by faith into my brothers and sisters and all men, women, boys and girls all over the world right now are listening to this. I release I release your love and your power, your love and your power. Made whole. You are made whole in the name of Jesus. You're made whole in the name of Jesus. I declare you're made whole in the name of Jesus, my brother. No more sickness. No, it can't come back either. Nahum 1-9, it says it will not return. You will not return. These illnesses will not return, Satan. You have no authority. These people whatsoever, your power is rendered helpless, period, in the name of Jesus. Oh. Yes. It's some people, he wants you to be strong. He wants you to be vigilant. Be vigilant. Be wise. Know the, know the enemy's devices. Yes, know the enemy's devices. I've given you power over the, those devices. I've given you power over all the enemy, according to Luke 10, 19, and 20. All the spirits, all the evil forces, they cannot harm or hurt you, saith the Lord. Oh, yes, that fire. Fill, fill these people now with your mighty fire, your holy fire, your holy fire right now. Fill those that need fill with the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Refill, refill those. Renew the strength of those that need the strength renewed, the strength that needs renewed. He said, wait upon you, and you will renew their strength in Isaiah 40, 31. Lord, may them wait upon you, encourage them. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.